Race to Walk Podcast, Episode 48. Welcome to the Raised to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. Thanks for joining me today on Race to Walk. And today we're going to be talking about a Bible passage that I'm sure everyone is familiar with, Psalms 23. But we're going to be looking at it today in a little bit different way as a praise for spiritual warfare. So Psalms 20, the 23rd Psalm is familiar to many. It is a reminder of God's faithfulness and evokes beautiful mental imagery. We can picture beautiful hillsides, lush pastures, and peaceful streams. Even in our biblically illiterate culture, if people know any passage of scripture, it is likely to be this one. It is encouragement in times of trouble, but more than that, it is a declaration of victory. We've been studying Psalms 23 for the past eight weeks in our third grade Sunday school class, going through it verse by verse. It talks about God's love and care for us, who he is and the role he takes in our lives. He is our shepherd, our provider, our protector, and our guide. If you've read the psalm once, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. But more than that, this psalm is a battle cry. It is a song of warfare. It is a song of faith where David calls the things that are not as though they were. To understand the full import of the psalm, we have to look at David's backstory. He grew up in Bethlehem during the reign of King Saul, the first king of Israel. He was the youngest of eight brothers, and while they were off taking care of other responsibilities for the family, he had the lowly job of the shepherd of his father's flocks, the same job Rachel was performing when Abraham's servant happened across her in Genesis chapter 24. Saul had been skating back and forth across the line of God's commands, and finally he went too far. He was to completely destroy the Amalekites, but instead he kept the plunder for himself. Because of that willful action, the kingship of Israel was removed from his family. God sent Samuel to, to the town of Bethlehem and invited Jesse, David's father, to come as Samuel made a sacrifice. As each son came out before him, Samuel thought, he must be the one. But each time God said no. Like the prince searching for Cinderella, Samuel asked, is there anyone else? And so David was sent for. He didn't even rank high enough in his family's mind that they didn't even include him until asked. When David came before Samuel, God told him, he is the one. However, unlike Cinderella who left her pots and pans and rode off with her prince into the sunset, David went back to his sheep. And there he stayed. We don't know exactly for how long, but time passed until there was trouble at the border with the Philistines. When David was sent to take supplies to his brothers at the front, he heard the Philistines, led by Goliath, mocking the Israelites. This infuriated David and he asked, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? His brothers, both dismissive and indignant, asked him who he thought he was and what he could possibly do about it. Goliath had challenged Saul's army to a one-on-one combat. He would face her champion and the winner would decide the war. 
David volunteered to be this champion, and when again mocked by his brothers, he insisted. You see, Goliath was not the first big and scary thing that David had faced. While he was out alone in the fields with his sheep, other predators had come against him. He said, God was with me when I killed a bear and a lion. He will be with me here. These little things, facing wild animals to protect dumb ones, were a preparation, a building of faith, the making of a hero, for when he faced a giant and where the outcome determined the course of a nation. No pressure. You know the story. He declined the weapons of war that Saul wanted to give him and instead stuck with his slingshot and five smooth stones. With that, he felled the giant. The army and the people were ecstatic. David was the man of the hour. And Saul, recognizing this popularity, kept him close. So here is David, a humble shepherd who kills the giant, saves the city, is sponsored by the king, befriended by the prince, and marries a princess. It sounds like a happily ever after. What could go wrong? Pride and jealousy. Saul became jealous of David and plotted to kill him. David escaped in the night. For years, David was on the run from Saul with a small band of outlaws and misfits. These men that no one wanted became David's mighty men. They had to hide in caves in enemy territory and were betrayed more than once by those they thought were friends. They were often hungry, cold, and thirsty and had to constantly be on the watch for Saul's men. While this was going on, David wrote Psalms 23. Rather than abstract thoughts about a distant God and platitudes of faith, he gave it form in the thing that was most familiar in his life, shepherding. David knew how he cared for his own sheep, and he used that imagery to proclaim that God is good, and he would deliver him. Jesus, a descendant of David, referred to the same analogy, saying, I am the great shepherd. David didn't just mope around like a martyr, saying, if it's God's will, or an ambiguous statement like, God will work it out. David made specific pronouncements and sang them as a praise to God. Even though he was hungry and thirsty, he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He was living under constant threat, but he said, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He had cause for continual anxiety. Instead, he proclaims, he restores my soul. His followers were pressuring David to take matters into his own hands and claim the kingship in his own timing. But David said, He leads me in, in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Saul came to the cave David and his, where David and his men were hiding. Death was just a breath away. David wrote, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David was public enemy number one when Saul was king, but he believed what God had told him and wrote, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He believed God, and so he spoke. He praised God for fulfilling the promises God had made to him before those promises were fulfilled. Well, thanks for joining me today. If you'd like the biblical references that I mentioned, uh, go to raisetowalk.org forward slash P48. 
And if you have a story of a time when you believed God and you had to hold on in faith for some for a promise of God, I'd love to hear about it. Just go to raisetowalk.org forward slash P48. You can make a comment um, on the article or feel free to send me an email at contact at raisetowalk.org. And now let's send with a prayer. Father, thank you so much that you are our great God, our provider, our shield, and our banner. Thank you that you are guarding our steps and you're preparing the way for, before us. Lord, help us to listen to your voice, to be quick to listen and to follow. Help us fully put our trust in you. I pray all of this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.